Welcome to Ixnay, the podcast where we take a deep dive into the shallow end of the electorate as a means to gaming the 2020 election to our advantage. Turn on, tune in, vote out. Hey, all right now. Does the news feel like it's on repeat? Yeah, it does. Every day, the Donald does something dumb and or harmful for America. Trump fatigue, COVID fatigue, fatigue fatigue. Tweet, rinse, repeat. In the spirit of broken time loops and alternative realities, I'd like to recommend Dark, a Netflix series for your self-care binging needs. Sure, it's complicated as hell, and it's in German, but it's hardly more befuddling than the GOP sticking with the Donald. Oh, another repeat. Yeah, you're right. I've said the Donald three times now on purpose because as you might remember, the Donald is what Donald insisted that his first wife, Ivana, call him. Talk about fruitcakes. How on earth one did we get here? At this point, just like every other day, the Ixnay mission remains the same. We are still in a uniquely terrible situation and this thing ain't over by a long shot, people. Like you, I feel it's important to one day be able to tell my grandchildren that we did something other than nothing about it. Protesting is important, cell phone activism cathartic, but the problem is that Trump and his allies rarely venture into our world. So we're going to be forced to handle this the old fashioned way, at the polls. That's okay, it's the actual American way. So tell a friend, be ready. Vote on November the 3rd. No matter how you spin it, it's a wild political cycle we're living through. And since repeats are all the rage, here are some of our favorites from the last little bit who've spared the Donald no quarter. Alethea Brown. If Imagine Dragons would come play in your backyard in Cornavaca, would you vote for Trump? No. Not even if it made your daughter happy? No. This is a combination question, you realize. No, couldn't do it. Wait, isn't this Ixnay? <laughs> it is Ixnay, but you never know. We'll, we'll take money from anybody. It's like you're trying to get people to vote for Trump. No, is this reverse psychology? I'm not trying. I think that people think there is a certain truth to that. If I can try to convince people to vote for Trump and they start going, are you insane? Why would I vote for him? He's a moron. Then I win. David Guinan. So at this point, you're obviously on the Biden or bus bandwagon. Yeah, I have to be. I mean, it's just like I'm more like, you know, just get him to get take care of the monster and then fucking bring in a progressive. I mean, like that that's just. If there's a fucking pile of shit in your room and your house is like not exactly tidy, you take care of the shit before you tidy it up. I mean, pragmatism before, I mean, praxis is the word right now. Pra pragmatism before idealism. Bill Arkin. If James Mattis and John Kelly and Tony Thomas and Mike Mullen and Martin Dempsey play a hand and uh, getting rid of Donald Trump, I suppose that's better for America than not playing a hand in getting rid of Donald Trump. But to tell you the God's honest truth, I would really prefer to see seven of those names of civilian leaders in our society powerful enough to get rid of Donald Trump 
and not having to feel like we have to depend upon the military to be the civil and moral auditors of our country. Janessa Goldbeck. It's really important for us to talk to our own communities, right? And really educate those in our inner circle. And sometimes we think like in order to make a big change, you have to like found an organization or do some huge campaign to, to make a change. But really there's, there are people within each of our orbits who we can convince uh, to, to take an action to uh, help build a, a more socially just world or to elect a president who isn't President Trump. Um, and though, I, I am certain that every single listener has at least three people in their orbit who they could have a sustained conversation with. And that, I think, is that's where the real work is. Um, if you have time to volunteer, that's great. But the hardest part is convincing someone who you know and love and who loves you back um, that to come on over to your side. But I, I bet there are three, at least three. Dave Karp. In general, and I, I teach Alinsky in, in my grad classes, and when we get to the points about humor, what I often have to caution them is humor works when your opponent can be shamed. You know, like if you try to use humor in a campaign against Lindsey Graham, it can often fall flat because Lindsey Graham is shameless. Mm -hmm. You try to use it against Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz is shameless. And it worked here because Donald Trump and his team rely so much on this rhetoric of dominance that they went and Trump trumpeted about how dominant they were, and then they looked like fools, and that actually hurt. But finding ways to make it actually hurt by showing how empty their dominance is, I think that's the key that you want to find a way to repeat. If you're just aiming for humor, then you can run into the problem of, in Alinsky's day when he's writing about how you ridicule somebody and they will you'll really get a reaction, that was true at that time because there were, I think, elites who had more shame than the shameless elites that we have today. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that Donald Trump can avoid shame is really, it's masterful, kind of, or psychotic, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Jeff, Charlotte. And I realize, and I say this in the story, I said, you reading this, thinking this is crazy, you're the fringe. Uh, Diane, this woman who believes that there's an Islamist conspiracy in Las Vegas to kill Trump, that's the mainstream. There's more of her than there are of us. And I think the first step that we have to take, and it's a really essential step, is to stop dismissing these people as kooks and fringe because that's reassuring to us. That makes us feel better. Right. But we are actually the ones out of line with reality. When we say, hey, look, this is a massive movement. It may not be massive enough to have an outright majority, but we have mm -hmm. to remember, you don't win the presidency with an act. Uh, an actual majority of the American population, you win it with a really devoted 35% of the population. And that he has. And uh, I think we need to be realistic about that. I think he can be beaten. Um, but, oh, the, the confidence with which daily now we see Democrats feeling like, it, it terrifies me. Like, we've yeah. been here before. Don't do it again. If you recognize any of that, congratulations. You've been paying attention. And I know that's hard, so thank you. Again, if you want to leave a scene report, ring up the Ixnay hotline at 512-766-8279. Also, the modern media game is so deplorable that I'm contractually obligated. <laughs> also, the modern media game is so deplorable that I'm contractually obligated to ask you again to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
but rest assured, in doing so, you'll be rewarded with the latest hot takes. Like, what's the real reason that Donald didn't use a condom during his $130,000 role in the Hague with Stormy Daniels? Inquiring minds, they want to know. So thanks again for everything. And if you're out on your bike tonight, don't forget, the nature of your oppression is the aesthetic of our anger. Ixnay.